Hey, do you teach yoga? Have you ever trained to lead yoga classes to be a yoga therapist? Have you ever owned a yoga studio? Maybe even just wondered what it was like for the women and men up there in front of the room on their mats, leading you through endless Surya Namaskars, down dogs, and pranayamas galore? Well, these are their stories and mine. I'm Rebecca Sebastian, a 20-year yoga teacher, 10-year yoga therapist, yoga studio owner, and co-founder of a yoga-focused nonprofit. I've done a lot in the yoga world over the last 20 years, pretty much everything except had a water cooler. You know, a place to share stories, talk about struggles, successes, and find other people who do the same thing that I do. Welcome to Working in Yoga, a podcast and substitute water cooler for yoga folks to connect and build community, to share our unique profession, our challenges, and our journeys with the world. Welcome to Working in Yoga, friends. So this week, I have my very good friend, Sigrid Streeb, on the podcast. And let me just tell you, Sigrid runs a yoga studio in North Dakota, Bismarck, North Dakota. And our conversation today gives any yoga studio owner so many good ideas. In fact, there were ideas that I wrote down while we were interviewing because I want to implement them into my studio. We also talk a lot about what it is to hold space for creative work and the argument that yoga teachers really can do creative work if you give them the platform and the scope to be able to do that. So take a listen today and I'll see you on the other side. Hey, welcome everyone to Working in Yoga. This week, I'm welcoming my friend Sigrid Streep to the podcast and she's going to tell you all about who she is and she's Whenever I reference my studio owner friends, like she's one of the people I'm referencing. So come say hi to everyone. Rebecca, thanks for having me. I'm so excited and just um, my first podcast. So thank you for having me. So I, I have a couple of we, we, because we're collective, right? We're all working together. I don't do this by myself. Uh, We have a couple of studios in Bismarck, Manda, North Dakota. We have um, our first studio we started was on a handshake agreement with a chiropractic office. She had a little extra space in the back and it was, it came down to basically, um, hey, I've never taught here before. I just moved into town. I'm going to see if I can make a yoga studio work, right? <laughs> so we, yeah, it was crazy. So I went and made a deal. I gave her um, half of whatever we attendance was whatever attendance fees were we gave her half until we both grew out of the space she grew into the space and we grew out of it and we eventually moved into our larger studio and then in february of 2020 we also made started working with a brand new it's a coffee house but in their coffee house they wanted to also have a yoga studio with it or a workout studio or a gym in it so you could go and uh, work out, do whatever you want to do, get your physical exercise in, hang out with your friends, and then go next door and have coffee, food, um, and enjoy their services over there. So we co- we collaborated with them, and it's an aerial studio. Oh, so fun. we do, um, yeah, aerial yoga over there. But that, again, started in, uh, we made the deal on the 1st of January. 
maybe the second of January, 2020, opened up the third of February and then promptly closed on the 15th of March in 2020. <laughs> when we all closed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was super great. Our grand opening didn't happen ever. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a couple of studios running um, and we have, and since then we're all still open, but I started my practice back in 2009. I've been doing this, uh, yep, 2009. I'm like, does it seem longer than that or not? Um, I started in 2009. I used to own a, a, a shoe store in Ashland, Oregon. But I started basically, I never really moved my body before. I was always, I was the, I was the, the skinny girl in air quotes, but if I was caught by a bear, all I would be would be just like a little sweet bony treat. And that's what I was. Um, I didn't exercise. I didn't do anything, but then I started coming and practicing and um, some friends tricked me into it, literally tricked me into <laughs> it. You should try this. And I'm like, oh, let's let that sounds like exercise. <laughs> but w- what I found out was it wasn't, the physical stuff that I needed in my life, it was the mental clarity that it brought to me. It brought me the ease. There was a lot of other things happening in my personal life. And I was mentally a hot mess. Like I was, I was not in a good place. I would not, mm-hmm. didn't really know it at the time until I started getting on the mat. And then I soon realized that, uh, wow, I needed a lot more work. And it wasn't just in my, in my physical body. So then I started doing that. I practiced and then I moved again, sold my store, moved, and we moved to a very small town. And when I got to this small town, I went, what am I going to, what am I going to do while I'm here? So I started uh, teacher training. I actually called the teacher and I was like, Hey, can I start teacher training on Saturday? (laughs) (laughs) And I I have to catch a plane on Sunday. So I'm going to leave a little bit early. Is that going to be okay? And she's like, Yes, but I can make everything else work. So I got my teacher training at the yoga loft in Wilmer, Minnesota, a very small place. Mary Beth uh, is my yoga teacher. Yeah. And um, she is, she is one of the, the original like yoga teachers. She's been doing it. Oh, we just talked about. Yeah. Friend. Yeah. <laughs> so she, yeah, she is been doing it forever. Like, MB has been doing it forever. So it was kind of an interesting thing. She was one of the weird people in town. (laughs) Yes. We were just talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She was the hippie lady. Yeah. There's definitely a difference in those generations of yoga teachers. Like I was saying, I used to work for somebody. uh, We were talking before the podcast started recording that I used to work for somebody who is now in her mid seventies and has been, she owned a yoga studio since the nineties. Like, that was such a different experience than what we all experience now, (laughs) like such a different thing. Right. Yeah. So, so then we did, we, I took my teacher training, finished that. I started working at a large gym in Minneapolis after that. I started teaching. So when you're, when here's the thing is when you're a teacher and if you really, really, really want to do it full time, most of the time you have to teach three, four, sometimes five places to make it work. Yes. Right? You spend a lot of time in your car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. 
so many of us have talked about our stories of like when we were, I mean, this must have been a few episodes ago. I was talking to Nicole DeGandria and I was saying I when I was pregnant with both my kids, I was teaching 18 classes a week. And like you're eating breakfast in your car. Yeah, crazy. I know, I know. <laughs> but like you're eating breakfast and lunch in your car and like you're getting up at 5 a.m. for the 5 a.m. class and then like wolfing down granola and yogurt in your car at like 6.15 because you're starving. And then I know everybody thinks that we go home and like, oh, now I'll do my sadhana and I'll meditate and it'll be, that's how I'm so cool. Like, no, you went back to bed, like maybe sleeping in your car. Because you have an eight o'clock and a nine o'clock. Oh, or if you're a brand new teacher, would you like the 5.30 class to get on the schedule? I would love the 5.30 a.m. class. Yes. That would be great. Yes. <laughs> Three days a week? Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly what I wanted. Yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> My 6 a.m. teacher actually just yesterday, I was going to meet her down there and I, I woke up. I was like, how does she do this every week? <laughs> like. I still teach the early classes. Do you? It's a loyal, it's a loyal, loyal, loyal crowd. Yes. <laughs> I have a Tuesday evening at 530 class that has been the same people for 13 years for me. And I'm breaking up with them. Actually, next week is my last week teaching them. I know, but I need to not be teaching weekly classes because I have so many other bigger projects that I know I want to do. And so I need to have space. But it is like, like, I love them, right? Like, like through two babies and a divorce and all these other things that happened in my life, like this group was always there. <laughs> and I also think unless you're in industry, you don't know how intimate of a job this is that we do. It's not like teaching CrossFit or, you know, being a personal trainer. Like we know our people, we know their stuff and they know ours sometimes too. Oh yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk about running a yoga studio during COVID, because I do think the more we talk about this, especially with the Gyms Act coming up, and maybe we'll find some relief. I actually just got an email. I know, right? She's waving her arms like we're all so excited for this. I just got an email from my local chamber of commerce last night that says Iowa is offering relief too. Like, so the state I'm in is offering relief for fitness and wellness spaces, and like, I'm like, you have no idea this is the best email I've gotten. I mean, we're okay and we're still open, but with Delta here and us having to like go, oh, here we go again. Like, it's worth really talking about what this experience is like for us. Yeah. Um, wow. Don't make me cry. Um. <laughs> I've cried on this podcast. Don't worry. You're fine. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Oh, good. Can we can edit that part out? Uh, <laughs> you can't, you can't hear my tears. They're just silent tears. Um, I, it was, it was hard. I mean, I didn't realize it's one of those things that when you're in the center of it, I'm, that when you're in the center of it, you're just doing, you're just, I guess, doing and you're in it. And then when you get a chance to step back, you're like, holy shit, I did a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of things I didn't know I could do. And, and was one of those things, be careful what you wish for, because we had many <laughs> times before that we had thought uh, in my brain, I had envisioned like, this is where a camera could go and this is how we could do it. And this is what we would do. But, you know, it just seems like a lot of work. I'm not sure anybody would ever do it. I don't know how we would um, connect them 
virtually so that we could run simultaneous classes, all this stuff. And I was like, so, you know, we'll just wait till the technology comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. Right. March 15th, we graduated a class. We had class, uh, YTT class. We ran our classes on that Sunday. Then we decided we were going to, the state didn't mandate to close until a week after that. But on the 15th of March, we, we ran our last classes in studio. The 16th, we just were like, well, let's figure this out. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work, but let's figure it out. So we figured it out. And on the 17th, we sent out all the emails, figured out the tech, sent out the emails on the 17th or the 16th. And then the 17th, we opened with virtual classes. Yeah. It's amazing what we all learned. Yeah. In that last, in that first week, March 15th, I think is most of our dates. It is going to be like D it's, it's like our D day for business owners where March Mm -hmm. 15th, the world shut down us too. And I, I had already been laying the groundwork for what virtual was for a couple of weeks because I kind of saw it coming, but we didn't shift for a good six or seven days just because I wanted to make sure that I had a product. So we, we went straight to a membership model, unlike just emailing people Zoom classes it was like, this is how I'm going to stay open for the next year. So I took the time to build a membership model first. Um, but the stuff we learned in the shortest period of time is and, and the fact that we were all up all of us up till 2 a.m like going oh my god how do i get zoom links and how do i do this yeah is, who's gonna do what i was lucky enough to have a a, a couple i had uh, two people in particular that were very very instrumental in making all of that happen i could not i 100 could not have done all the things that we did by myself so we recorded all the videos and then I went in and I learned, I learned how to edit. I'm yes. an editor now. <laughs> I will be receiving my, whatever the movie thing is, Oscar, Oscar, yeah. right? For editing. Sure. We're going to call Best it editing Oscar. for yes. a yoga Oscar video. For editing. <laughs> yeah. How to do it with crappy lighting, yes. shitty cameras and poor sound. 101. Right. <laughs> I win. Uh, <laughs> Bravo. Right. <laughs> um, you should have seen the gown I wore. It was spandex. Um, so we went in and did, we learned, I learned how to edit. I learned how to put things on. We created, um, we have a Vimeo channel now for all on-demand classes. We, so if someone wanted to just come in and take a class whenever they wanted to take it, yep. we had a, we set up special Facebook group pages. We had, and we had such amazing, I, I mean, Again, I'm just the person that creates a place for people to come in and and do the things they want they want to do. Like my, I feel like my job as a studio owner, my thing that I'm supposed to do is create a space for these other teachers to come in, for other people to come in and have to to. Oh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say but find a place for them to come in and be the best of who they want to be. Yes. Like create the space so that they can come in and teach. They can teach yes. what they need to teach, what they want to teach, how they want to teach. Give them that space for creativity within a few boundaries of like, here's the time zone. Here's what we do, we're doing. But like, yeah. what do you want to do? Like there are very, very few spaces in the world where you can come in and be allowed to be creative 
Yes. Or we do, or just to come in and say, hey, I think that, or I, I am known for being, um, for guiding people into places that they didn't know they wanted to be. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I want to, I'm thinking about this. Hey, you know what? We could make it a workshop. A what? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we did a couple of, we did an eight week online. Two of our teachers came in, two of the teachers came in and um, taught an eight week online, two hours a week workshop based on the chakras to deal with Ayurveda, where it came from. I mean, it was all online, all on demand. You can still up on Vimeo, Um, trying to be in both in two different rooms, two different computers. They would teach an asana to go, they would teach an asana practice to go with it to start with. I mean, and then trying to edit that and then people popping in on Zoom and it was like, I could do these, I could do hard things. <laughs> I know. Um, had someone come in and teach a 30, every every day for a week, a 30 minute like intro to sun salutations based on the Ashtanga practice. Just like an intro to sun salutations. So people could come in and do a 30 minute practice and every day it was just a little bit different. And that I was on video. I think my favorite yoga studios for me to visit and the one that I want to build for myself too, are the ones that do those workshop style classes. And I love that you brought that to virtual because I think so many of us were just trying to throw our regular weekly asana classes up there. And that was great to some degree, but like virtual gives us the opportunity to expand. Like now that I've gotten good at it, air quotes, good at it, better than I was for sure with the poor lighting and the bad sound. (laughs) I invested in some stuff like we all did. But like, that's exciting that we can reach more students and offer different content. And I think also people don't know us studio owners are thinking about that kind of stuff constantly. Like, oh, so-and-so loves to teach this. How can I make that happen for them? Because I know that lights them up. Like, this is what our, this is what we do all the time. Yeah, I think it's our duty. I mean, if you're, if you're going to do it well, it's to recognize the skills that people don't know, know that yes. you, you can recognize the skills that people have and then encourage them to expand upon them. Because most of the time we're being told, are you sure you want to do that? Yes. I mean, it's going to be a lot of work instead of being like, Hey, I think that's a great idea. Let's see where we can go with it. What do you need? What do you need to make that work? And most people are like, well, I, you know, they never get past the idea process of it. True. Yeah. The other thing, we did one other thing. Hmm. Oh, we offer, well, we're, we're bringing back to the schedule, but we're doing, and we did it during COVID too. Um, we call them mix it up classes. And it's a different class every week. We offer, we have the time schedule. Teachers sign up. They have to send us the class description, what they need for the class, so they can. And it also helped us test a lot of classes. Oh yeah, to beta see test. What the response is. Yep. Yeah. But it also gives the teachers be like, I teach a vinyasa class every Tuesday at five thirty. Blah 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 blah. To become yeah. and be like, I have a really cool idea, and I just want to try it one time. I love that idea so much. Can I steal that from you? Because that's really good. that's Everyone really good. Everyone should steal it. Yeah. Everyone should steal it because it. It keeps your teachers, it helps keep all of us fresh. Yes. It helps to keep it stressed for teachers. It keeps it fresh for students. It's something to play with. Um, sometimes things don't turn out the way you planned and then you can go forward from there. Or if I'll do it sometimes if I'm 
I've got an idea for a workshop and I want to flesh it out a little bit. Yes. Terrible phrase, isn't it? But it's true. I mean, and you do sort of, I do that too with this, this regular class of that I've been teaching for 13 years. I'm, I've got to figure out a new way now that I'm not teaching them anymore of who can I bring my super weird content to and just see if it lands because that it's, that's cool that you've created a space for us to, for, for your yoga teachers, excuse me, to like try new content out because that's, that's the exciting part of our industry is that we can be super creative and interesting in what we teach instead of just expecting people to do a, you know, flow style class, the same flow every week, you know, some people resonate with that, but most of us want to be really interesting and creative. It's a spotty eye. It's that constant. We always have to be a student. We're always learning. Always. And if you're not always learning as a teacher, then you get stagnant and stale. And then that's when you see people in the industry because they're just like, eh, same thing every day, whatever, I'm over it. Especially. It doesn't if- have to be teacher training. It doesn't have yeah. to be advanced training. It doesn't have to be anything. It's like, because that's a blip and done. It's like, if you want to do this, you got to freaking get in there and make some stuff up. Yes. It's your, and that's the fun part too, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the really fun part. I've said this, I think a thousand times. I'm so annoyed that it took me. So I've been teaching 20 years now and it took me like 10 years before I realized I could also make more in one workshop <laughs> than I made in a whole week of teaching drop-in asana classes. Like the first time I ever made $250 in two hours, I was like, why did nobody tell me this? <laughs> like, but the more you get creative also is totally a better income stream for anybody like if you're a yoga teacher out there and i say this to everybody who works for me everybody who trains with me find content like what content do you love to teach and then make interesting content about it like make it a workshop make it a course make it something that's how you a how you make better money and b how you stay engaged in the industry I agree. Yep. And just like we all need new wrinkles on our brain. Yes. <laughs> I, know. I, mean, I, uh, I currently look like a raisin on the inside because I have a <laughs> lot new, more wrinkles than I all of us. Before. Yes. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But all I'm the stuff we learned. That I had this, yeah. But I'm thankful that I had the skills to go in and just be like, how does this work? I don't freaking know. Let's I'm just do it. Yes. Um, I also had the means to come in. So we were thinking about expanding before all this business happened. So we were, um, I was socking money away. We were cash, we were cash rich, which I think is, is super important. Like I just kept putting everything away. I also wasn't paying myself a bunch of money. I'm not going to lie. Right. But I didn't, I also, right. Right. I also know that I am privileged enough to know that I didn't have to, right? Right. So I recognize where my spaces are that I could actually do that. Um, but I also wanted to make sure that we were we were cash rich so that we could do the things we wanted to do. So what would ended up being able to do was then we could purchase the better camera and that we hang from the ceiling in one yes. of our studios. Small things like that. Like I, you know, we need to charge what we need to charge. And we're quite honestly, we're the same, maybe even a little bit less expensive than some of our, our other studios in town. But we also have a, 
We have a very unique location. Hmm. <laughs> so our rent is very reasonable. Ah, yes. <laughs> well, I you have I, to want to find us. Yes. <laughs> also, I mean, you and I are both Midwest folks. You're in North Dakota. I'm in Iowa. Our rents are just frankly much more reasonable on the whole than folks around the coasts. So we were, I, I feel like I was lucky that my obligation for rent, where I didn't get a lot of a break from my landlord. Some people had really nice landlords. My landlord was not really giving any of us breaks that were in our area, but the rent was very reasonable. So I was mm-hmm. able to maintain that. And I think people who are talking about yoga studios, you know, we need to be less expensive, or we also need to be, as you were saying earlier, paying more teachers. Like I also believe that the shame that we hand each other for making a fair and decent living in this industry has got to stop. There's, there's got to be a better way than saying to a studio owner, you shouldn't be making that much money because our profit margins are crazy low. Like we don't, we're not making a shit ton of money. We are not making a lot of money Yeah, at all. Like most of my money honestly goes to salary. Like, yeah. About 45 to 50% of what we make every month goes straight to salary. Yeah. I, that's, that's not including rent and everything else that happens in life. Yeah. Rent. That's not even insurance. including paying myself. Yeah. yeah. Insurance, like, ASCAP. I don't pay for ASCAP. We don't play music, but <laughs> so, I, I'm which I stop. But anyway. <laughs> But I mean, people don't know also all the stuff that we are paying for on the side. Like if you hold insurance or if you hold employees, you have unemployment insurance, you have the internet, you have likely the premium package of the internet since we all transfer to virtual studios. (laughs) You know, maybe you're paying for a phone. I don't, you know, I use my Google voice phone, but like there are so many things, electricity (laughs) and water and I, I think people think studio owners are somehow rolling in money because they're running teacher training programs or this or that. And teacher training programs, yes, can be profitable, but for the most part, we just are just paying ourselves just enough. We're not holding back on paying teachers. Like no. that's just a myth. And the thing is, I do this because I love it. I never have to go to work. Like I don't have a job. I have a profession and uh, I have worked jobs. Yes. Like we have all worked jobs where you're just like, oh man, I freaking get up. Like at 540, when I teach at 545 in the morning, there's a morning that I'm like, oh, I gotta get up. But once I'm there, I'm like, I am, I'm in. Yeah. Right. It's what I get to because I get to see what happens for people when they're on the mat. I get to see what happens for me when I'm on the mat and I know what it did for me. And if it can do an ounce of what it did for me, for anyone else, I mean, come on. That's, that's why we teach. Yes. It is a privilege to get to do what we do and to watch people Mm -hmm. become embodied and be calmer in their minds and make better life decisions. Like that is a privilege. Mm Mm-hmm. A thousand percent, not even a hundred. We're like a thousand percent. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before we go, I ask everybody the Mm -hmm. same question at the end of podcasts. What is your self-care tip for other, let's say yoga studio owners? 
give us, what do you do for yourself? <laughs> I'm a napper. <laughs> yes. I'm a 20, I'm a 20 minute nap girl. Legit. I'm like, Hey Siri, set my alarm for 20 minutes. Um, and, uh, and I go like, and it, so in July 1st, 2018, I had a heart attack and I was the person that would be like, I can work through everything. I can do all the hard things. I'm just going to keep pushing through. Yep. And after that, I realized, okay, if I'm tired, if I just lay down for 20 minutes and I was in the military, like I can, I can be, I can be at any place at any time. My superpower is I can be like this <laughs> and I can be out. Like we stop, we don't have to be anywhere. I would also have my weapon still in my hand and I would know exactly where my weapon would be at all times, right. but I could, I could hardcore nap. <laughs> so 20 minute nap, usually based, you know, the Vata in me two o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon. Yep. <laughs> It's like this. It's like same. Oh, I'm getting getting a little tired. What t- it must be almost two. Oh, it's one forty-five. It's almost nap time. <laughs> same. Okay. <laughs> downside, honestly, downside of being able to twenty-minute nap because I can almost wake up at nineteen and a half minutes, is that when it's time for nighttime, is that I could fall asleep and then about nineteen and a half minutes later, <laughs> later you wake up. I'm awake again. I'm like. This is not working in my favor. <laughs> so, so for all of you out there listening, listen, go take a nap. I actually took a nap yesterday. I'm a big advocate of naps. And so you tell everybody where to find you. We are, um, well, if you're traveling through Bismarck Mandan, we are in Bismarck Mandan, North Dakota. Um, your first class is free. Travelers are welcome. We love travelers coming through and stopping in and, and awesome. Can I can I give you can I pay for a class? And I'm like, no, you're traveling. You came to see me. Give me a good review. That's all I'm asking for. That's plenty for me. Nice. Um, plus, I got to meet somebody new. Um, we are our website is www. Well, you don't even need to do that. Erase transition <laughs> with an S on the end dash yoga dot com. Transitions dash yoga dot com, and we'll have that yes. link in the show notes. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. Also, you make me laugh all the time. So thanks for that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Rebecca. This was so much fun. I was Yay. I was honestly pretty like, I don't know what I'm going to say. Do I have anything to say? She's had so many great people on. Like, am I, am, what am I going to do? So <laughs> I survived. You Thank did. you for your guidance and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you so much, Secret, for coming on the podcast. I can't remember when I laughed so much during an interview. Um, I appreciate all the tips that you handed us today for running yoga studios. And for sure, the Mix It Up classes are going to make it onto my schedule in my studio sometime in the next couple months. So thank you for that. Now, for those listening, if you've been listening the last couple weeks, I do still have a couple spots left for the virtual trauma-informed yoga teacher training retreat day with the amazing Joanne Spence. Joanne Spence wrote the book that was published in 2020 called Trauma-Informed Yoga, A Toolbox for Therapists. And she is partnering with my studio, Sunlight Yoga Center, to host an eight-hour virtual retreat. Now, what that means is we're going to do a little bit of learning, a little bit of integration and practice on how to use the tools that Joanne shares with us actually truthfully in our spaces. So practical ways that we can integrate her tips into our teaching 
there will also be plenty of rest time. I think the best way to organize retreats is when you have space in your schedule and Jillian thinks so too. So there will be plenty of space in our day. You will be on Zoom for eight hours. We will be taking breaks. We will be doing movement. We'll have a nice long lunch. With the price of your ticket, you're also getting an actual physical copy of Jillian's book for you to have. One of the things I want to mention about her book is that in the IAYT's most recent issue of Yoga Therapy Today, one of the things in this amazing review that Jillian received is how she was able to condense polyvagal theory down in her book into things that are easy to digest and understand. As we as yoga therapists and even yoga facilitators in classrooms can use polyvagal theory to inform how we're interacting with our classes, especially in a trauma-informed lens, this is really important and interesting stuff. So go ahead and head to the show notes if you're interested in snagging one of those final tickets. And I'll see you next time for a solo episode.